On today's show, the first part of a two-part MLK Day extravaganza on Locked on Hawks podcast. We'll be touching on what became a very nice win for the Hawks at home over the Miami Heat. A fantastic first half. Not quite as good after the halftime break, but still quite enough to get the Hawks back to 500 on the season. We'll have all that and more coming up. You are Locked on Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1390 of the Lockdown Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Monday evening here on MLK Day. And today's show is brought to you by PrizePix. First time users, you got 100% is a deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That is prizepix.com, promo code locked on. I also want to encourage you, as always, to make this podcast, Lockdown Hawks, your first listen each and every day. Check us out across podcast platforms, whether it be Apple or Spotify or Google Play or elsewhere on the audio side. And then we're also over on YouTube. If you want to watch the video product and today's show is going to be basically a two part episode. You're watching part one. This is episode 1390. It's going to focus largely on what became a very nice one for the Hawks against the Miami Heat on this Monday. But there's also a part two. So going over that at the end of this podcast should be in your feeds right now, covering the awesome win for the Hawks on Saturday up in Toronto. Sweep that back to back. Also, some organizational stuff being reported and talked about at the highest levels, the front office, the uh, new structure with Kyle Corver being ascendant to the assistant GM position. Also a transaction in the last couple of days with Jarrett Culver. So uh, basically a lot of content on this Monday evening and uh, put it into two parts as a result of that. But diving in now to the game itself on Monday. And honestly, the big headliner is that the Hawks has now won three in a row. This is only second time all year long. The Hawks have won three games in a row, first time since November, and they're back to 500 now for the first time in about three weeks. That's not a huge milestone for a team that had high, high expectations this year, but still uh, it's sort of a, uh, an encouragement as this team is playing much better basketball in recent days. Um, as far as this game is concerned, the Heat, you know, are not like the best team in the league necessarily. I've been a little bit low on the Heat at times, but it's worth noting that coming into the day that Miami was playing very well. They had won 12 of the last 17 games. They had a fantastic defense in recent days as well. And the Hawks were not playing a team that was uh, to be taken lightly, even in their own building. They also, also the Heat won in Atlanta earlier this year. Gum, the actual result of the game, though, the headliners, probably the Hawks were at full strength in this game for the first time in a long time, and really the first time the entire season for an entire game. Click Capella came back. He had missed 13 of the last 14 games and 10 games in a row. Uh, Trey Young was also playing after being listed as probable. Bogdanovich came back after missing Saturday's game in Toronto. And again, second time all year, but the Hawks actually had their entire roster available. And if you remember, if you remember this earlier in the season, that happened once before, but then there were two injuries by the end of the game. DeAndre Hunter went down, et cetera. So this is the first time that the Hawks started and finished a game with their entire roster intact. That's a very nice sign for the future. Miami wasn't healthy necessarily either. They're missing Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson, a few other guys. Um, so not like a full-strength opponent, but still Miami did have their big guns. They had Jimmy Butler. They had Bam Adebayo. They had Tyler Hero. So you know they weren't like, again, full-strength, but close to it. And Bet Online, our friends over there, made the Hawks actually small favorites at tip-off. They were underdogs overnight. And then with Capella coming back, et cetera, the Hawks were narrow one-point favorites at tip-off. So basically a coin flip in a lot of ways. And the Hawks did basically wear to wire in this game. Um, they started a Kongwu in this one, which was not necessarily indicative. I got a question about um, whether that was something that was going to happen moving forward. I would be very, very, very surprised if the Hawks stopped starting Capella. But basically, after he missed about a month, um, I expect him to be restricted. He closed the game 
Uh, he played 21 minutes off the bench, and if that's a restriction level, uh, you can't really start that guy. It makes life harder on you if you're trying to start someone that has that heavy of a restriction. So uh, no surprise to me that he wasn't starting in this game, but notable nonetheless. The Hawks did start the game out well, 9-4. to four. Trey got fouled on a three, made all, all three of those. I think the Hawks did a good job early on of moving the ball, in particular getting advantages with Collins necessarily. They created three or four really good looks out of his post-ups against smaller players. They do have some defensive issues. Jimmy Butler had a couple of uh, easy buckets at the rim, but the offense was honestly fantastic for the entirety of the first half. Um, they actually opened the game 8-11 from the field and 9-9 of at the line in the first seven minutes. Nine free throw attempts in seven minutes for the Hawks. It's not a normal pace. Trey had an awesome start. He did cool off a little bit, as we'll get into with 10 turnovers in this one, but uh, he was really good early on. Had, hit, actually made his first two threes. Got to the line four times, etc. Rotationally, it was Capella coming in mid-quarter. No surprise there. They sort of immediately um, had that kind of... Uh, juice on defense he had a nice layup when he first came in the game as well it was bogdanovich and aaron holiday alongside capella they did they, they did have the uh, trey young very short rest in the first and third quarters as is customary and aaron holiday just for the record as we as we'll get into this later on played four minutes of the first half and basically the hawks played about an eight man rotation for the rest of the game it was eight and a half you, you know holiday kind of a kind of a half deployment but basically the hawks had eight guys play 20 minutes or more and it's kind of their core eight i know jalen johnson is exciting and I would have honestly played Jalen Johnson because he's been playing so well that giving him some developmental time makes sense. But Nate is not in the business of that necessarily. And really, I've said this for a while, the Hawks have a very clear top eight when they are healthy. And it's a credit to A.J. Griffin that he's gotten into that top eight as a rookie. But he is basically the eighth guy of the eight in terms of current value. And the rest of those guys are entrenched. They're starters, uh, plus the Kongwu, plus Bogdanovich, and then uh, Griffin as the eighth guy. So Jalen's number nine pretty clearly, and then you get into Aaron Holiday's number 10. But um, that's kind of there's kind of a dividing line there, I think, from where the Hawks are approaching this one. If you want to kind of take a lot from this game, I wouldn't blame you on that. The Hawks did play very quickly in a good way in the first quarter, really the, really the entire first half. They went up 12 late in the quarter. Honestly, uh, it was 38 to 26 at the end of the first. They scored 38 points on 26 possessions. In the first quarter, which is incredibly good. They had took 12 free throw attempts, eight assists in the first, only two turnovers. It was almost a perfect quarter, honestly, on offense. They were that good offensively before the end of the first. Defensively, they were rock solid. They also had six steals in the first quarter, which if you're not familiar with that number necessarily, uh, the Hawks only average seven steals per game this year. So to have six in a quarter is uh, certainly outstanding. Uh, in the second, Griffin came in to start that quarter. Uh, that's been a dedicated kind of rotational I don't know, approach from the Hawks at this point in time. It seems like they want to get AJ on the court when Trey is not on in particular to kind of juice the offense. I do like that. Again, no Jalen in this game. Um, it's also easier for the Hawks to play at the four with Hunter with Capella back because the Capella, sorry, the uh, Hunter Okongwu lineup is very, very, very small at the four and five. Whereas if you go with Hunter, Capella can anchor your rebounding, uh, a little bit more space around Capella as well. So I do like if you're, if you're going to play Hunter at the four, which there are pros and cons to that, if you're going to do it, I think you need to do it with Capella. And that's what the Hawks, I think, will be doing more often moving forward. Uh, there was an 11-2 run by Atlanta early in the second quarter to go by 18 points. At that point, the Hawks were shooting 70% from the floor with 12 assists in 15 minutes. They were really just flying with the ball in their hands. They led by as many as 26 points in the middle of the second quarter. Capella had a really good block in his second stint on the floor. Um, really an awesome half. Only up, I say only, only up by 20. They were up by 26 before that, but still up by 20 at 70 and 50 at the end of the first half. It was one of the best halves of the season for the Hawks, objectively. Now, was it the best? I don't know how you want to sort of describe that, but they shot 8 of 12 from 3. That's obviously very helpful when you shoot almost 70, 70% from the field as well. That's not sustainable, but still, the Hawks got some good shots. They made, they made some good shots as well, but they, got, they, they were sort of good process-wise as well. 17 assists. They did have some ball security issues in this game, um, and that was... Um, 
kind of the case the entire way through, honestly. But the rest of the offense was good enough. And they had four guys with at least 12 points before halftime, including A.J., who had 12 off the bench in the first half of the game. So overall, that was where the Hawks won this one, as we'll get into later on. The Hawks were not great in the second half necessarily, but when you're up by 20, that really helps to uh, boost your uh, win probability for obvious reasons. And uh, you can sort of afford to play a C-minus game after halftime when you played a plus game in the first half. It really was basically an A-plus game from the Hawks in that first half. And we'll get into all what transpired after that, as well as some takeaways from this game. And of course, our part two take uh, conversation about the Raptors game and more. But first, a, on, on this podcast, a word from our sponsors on the show. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. If you're looking for a DFS option this year, check out the award-winning app of Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it. I know that you will too. It's so very easy to use. I can vouch for that. I've been playing Prize Picks for quite some time now in the NBA other sports, and I really enjoy the process. All you have to do is pick two six players and actually choose whether they have more or less than a certain number of points or rebounds or assists or other stats that are involved over at Prize Picks. And there, you can win up to 25 times the money on your entry. They have all kinds of sports across the board. They have the NBA and college basketball, NFL, they have MLB and NHL, PGA, soccer, esports, and much more. And a whole entry can be done in just a minute or less. It's that easy and it's that quick. Plus, it's because you, against the, against the projected numbers, it's that straight ahead. They also have safe and fast withdrawals of Prize Picks, and they're operating in more than 30 states plus Canada at this point. Download the PrizePix app or go to PrizePix.com to sign up and play DFS today. First-time users can have a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On at sign up for instant top, an instant deposit match up to $100. Check it out now at PrizePix. All right, we'll dive into the second half now, and it was not pretty particularly in the third quarter. The Hawks did not play um, their best game really at all in the third. It was pretty shaky defensively in the opening moments of the third quarter. They gave up some penetration, some good looks from Miami. They were uh, they're, obviously their point of attack. Resistance was was definitely worse in the third quarter, and uh, that led to a 17 to four run by Miami uh, to get within eight after about I don't know six minutes of the, of the third quarter. The Hawks didn't score a point also for about five full minutes, so it was definitely a two way disaster in the beginning part of the third quarter. They missed five straight shots. They had three turnovers. The ball crucially stopped moving because the big thing about the offense in the first half, beyond the shot making, was that the ball was moving around. They were really doing a good job swinging it, extra passes, intentional cuts. All that stuff. And uh, with Miami playing their normal switching scheme in the second half, the Hawks started to settle more for the contested jump shots and a little bit less um, uh, movement overall, some more stagnation. That definitely burned them. Um, the bleeding kind of stopped a little bit when Capella came back in, which was good, along with Trey after his short rest. And they got back up by 12 by the middle of the court with a three by, by Bogdanovich. I think defensively, they stabilized a lot with Capella on the floor. Uh, he and Collins had a huge joint block in the final uh, minute of the third quarter. Miami, by the way, only scored 10 points in the final six minutes of the third with Capella on the floor, which was huge and kind of allowing the Hawks to not give away the store at that point in time. And they were still up by 11 points at the end of the third quarter, despite a pretty rough um, third overall. Uh, some turnover issues, again, uh, Trey had nine turnovers in the first three quarters, which is a staggering number, even if you have super high usage like Trey does. But the Hawks were still shooting the ball extremely well through three quarters. 61% from the floor is uh, tough to overcome for the opposition. But in the fourth, uh, you know, the Hawks were still in good shape. And by the middle of the quarter, they're up by 15 points. And part of that was because Jontae Murray had a huge start to the fourth quarter. He had two threes. They were actually the only points for the Hawks for about, for about four minutes were two threes by DeJounte. They were big shots. He took a third that was kind of a heat check miss. But he had nine points. Um not, actually, not, not of the first 11 points for the Hawks uh, to start out the fourth quarter. Uh, there was a, a deep three by Trey to go uh, to help him go up by 15 after a 7-0 run mid-quarter. Uh, Hunter finished it off. And honestly, they were seemingly in a big commanding position at that point of 15 with seven minutes to go. 
I will say the process was not fantastic early in the fourth quarter. They made some shots because DeJounte made those two those two threes. Um, Trey got kind of left by the defense on that one on that one catch and shoot that he had. But I think generally speaking, the process was not great offensively. I think that kind of reared its head after that because the Hawks, after a timeout from the Heat, Miami scored the next five points. Uh, there was a bizarre play where Butler kind of strangely decided to settle for a three when he had Trey on him one-on-one in a switch. And then Trey got called for a three-shot foul. He barely touched him. It's kind of just a bizarre play all the way around from all sides, honestly. And then the Hawks had a turnover by Trey with about four with about 420 to go. He went down on the sidelines on, on, on a trap and was kind of visibly frustrated. Was also holding his ankle in potential pain. Then got a T for kind of getting into it with Tyler Hero, who was trying to take the ball away from him at that point. He was kind of holding on the ground a pretty weak technical foul call in the middle of like a pretty heated crunch time moment. But that, that allowed Miami to get back within nine. And Capella came back in for the last five minutes or so. They also closed with Bogdanovich and Hunter for the most part. There's a little bit of Collins at the end because the Hawks could not get stops, which Collins helps with, especially in place of Bogdanovich. But there was a 12-2 overall push by Miami. So when the Hawks went up by 15, it was an onslaught by Miami. Miami go all the way down to five at one point, and it was actually four, very briefly, for the Heat. There was a terrible possession that honestly is one of those, like, you know, you can't uh, – there's always variance in the NBA, let's just say. So the Hawks, with two minutes to go, had a stagnant – lost possession but then DeJounte Murray hits a three at the buzzer of the shot clock plus the foul and after a review it was ruled to be a good shot he missed the free throw thus the Hawks still went by eight and honestly if that doesn't go in or if it's after the buzzer the Hawks might have lost this game they were definitely drowning at that point in time but that was a big shot Miami did score a few times in a row after that but um, the Hawks actually had two big missed free throws one by Trey one by DeJounte in addition to that four-point play but the Hawks got down to four the lead did. Um, the Hawks did a good job, though, moving the ball in the next possession. Um, really kind of an excellent possession, honestly, like extra passes, unselfish play, and it ends up with Capella with a wide-open dunk off a pass by Trey. They did give up a, a bucket right after that to go back only up by four again, but after I timeout, Tyler Hero fouled Trey, I don't know, three or four times. Finally got one called. He made both, and then the Hawks got a five-second violation on defense, which kind of sealed the game, honestly, because they got the ball to Trey, he made both, and that was the end of that. So, uh, overall, it wasn't pretty, let's just say that. In the second half of this game, the Hawks did not play well. They lost the second half by 12 points. Um, and even then, what, that was with the help of some shot-making that was probably going to overcome the process issues. And it was much more like it's like it's been, honestly, which is not what you want from the offense down the stretch. But they had the cushion, and that ended up working out very well for them. In the game, though, the offense was really good. Uh, a 122 offensive rating in this game. And some more context, the Heat were number two in the league in defense in the last month coming in. They are top eight for the season. They are very good. They're very well-schooled. And, of course, famously, the Hawks had trouble scoring on the Heat in the playoff series. And also, earlier in this, earlier in this season, they scored 98 points against the Heat. So they've had all kinds of offensive issues against Miami for a while now. And to have a 122 offensive rating through that lens is very impressive, even with the second half swoon that the Hawks did. Um, I will say, though, they got killed in the possession battle. I stress this all the time on the show. Uh, it's a good thing to take more shots than your opponent. And Miami took 13 more shots than the Hawks did in this game because Atlanta did nothing on the offensive glass. They had two offensive rebounds in the entire game. Plus, they only took plus they also had 16 turnovers, which is way more than you would want for the Hawks, more than they average, et cetera. So uh, to be able to win a game when you take that, that, that fewer shots than your opponent, it's mean, that means you shot well, and the Hawks did shoot well in this game. 59% from the floor, 13 of 27 from three. 18 and 22 at the free throw line, 27 assists. Those are all really good numbers. It's hard to lose, honestly, when you shoot as well as the Hawks did in this game. So that's part of the story of this one, especially in the first half. But they were able to do enough. And until the 
fourth quarter, I'll say at least until the middle of the third quarter, the offense was at least pretty good. And for the for the full game, obviously, you can if all you do is offer me a one twenty two offensive rating in the game, you got to say yes to that. And it was enough for the Hawks. Defensively, they had a one fifteen defensive rating in this game. That isn't like ridiculously good. But and Miami did shoot the ball very well in the second half, eighty six percent from the floor after halftime. The numbers in the second half only were pretty ugly for the Hawks, quite honestly. The Heat actually scored 60-plus points after halftime. But they did four 16 turnovers in the game. They won the shooting battle again decisively. And the one area where they got beat pretty badly was the glass, but it wasn't quite as glaring because defensively it wasn't a disaster. They just did nothing on the offensive glass. Which is, If you're going to lose the glass, the way to do that is to not get killed on the, on the offensive glass. It's more that you just don't get a lot of offensive rebounds in your own right. So, again, overall, the Hawks played a, a good game. For sure. They played very well in the aggregate second half in particular. If you want to isolate that, not as much, but the first half was, you know, borderline perfect. It wasn't all the way perfect, but there's always stuff to improve on, but it was definitely an A, A plus kind of half. And uh, they sort of were able to ride out the second half of this one. They get to uh, 22 and 22 as a result. And they're 29, sorry, they're now 12 and nine at home this season. Uh, We'll have more on this game with regard to the individual player breakdowns to end the show. But first, a word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat right now, and don't want all the fat and calories that go along with it, you need to try Built Bar today. We just finished the holidays, of course, in recent days, and I really know one of my goals this year is to eat a little bit healthier. If you're anything like me, you don't want to give up all the taste to eat healthy, and Built Bar is a perfect option to blend the two together. With Built Bar, you actually get healthy and tasty in one package. They're so delicious that you won't believe how good they are for you as well. They have 100% real chocolate. Yes, real chocolate on the outside. And they come in a ton of awesome flavors. That includes peanut butter brownie and coconut almond. They can taste like a candy bar, honestly, with 130 calories and four grams of sugar, plus 17 grams of protein. You don't have to wait around right now to get a box today. For a long time, I've been telling you to get a all of your Built Bars at Built.com. It's still a fantastic option, but you can also get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club right now as well. That's right. Walk into the pharmacy section of a, of a local Walmart and grab a box of Built Bars, including a four-bar box of my personal favorite cookies and cream. Or if you're closer to a Sam's, run and get a 13-bar box. Yes, a 13-bar box at Sam's Club. Make sure to check out Built Bar today. Across the board, Built.com, Walmart, Sam's, etc. And start your new right with Built Bar. All right, and uh, only eight and a half guys saw the court in this game. The ninth guy, Aaron Holiday, played five minutes total and did not have anything in the box score other than a foul. Very typical Aaron Holiday. I think if you're trying to figure out why he played, uh, I would I would have imagined it was probably to kind of just pester Tyler Hero a little bit in the first half. Um, that's been a staple of Nate's this year is that they go a little bit wider in the first half, a little bit narrow in the second half on the rotation that happened in this game, but kind of uh, an incomplete on Aaron Holiday in this game. Uh, Bogey did not shoot the ball well. He was actually 0 of 6 on 2, which is a strange number for Bogey. 2 of 5 on 3s. He actually was plus 10, um, despite being 2 of 11 from the floor for only 8 points. Did a 5 assist, though. Uh, two steals, no turnovers. Uh, you know, I don't think he played that badly. He just didn't shoot well at all. And we're, we're at the point where if Bogey doesn't shoot well, it becomes kind of glaring. But there you go. Capella off the bench, 12 points, six rebounds, three blocks in 21 minutes. I thought he looked great, honestly. Uh, of course, you never know about the cap till later. Um, maybe we'll get an indication about that before Wednesday's game. But the Hawks looked good when he played. I thought Capella, especially defensively, I thought Capella looked good physically. The three blocks, rebounded the ball well, efficient around the rim. Misses free throw, but it was even like a roll. It was like a roll around miss. It wasn't like a, a total duck either. So good to have Clint back. I've said it for a long time. I thought Clint was probably their MVP or at least close to it in the first half of the season this year. He's been out for a while, but uh, he is extremely important to them. And it's not because of Kong. I think Kong has been playing very well recently, honestly. But Capella just anchors them in a different way. And also it's about having all 48 minutes of quality center play 
And now they have that again with Capella back. So a huge, huge injection there. And we'll see if that can sort of carry through from here. Uh, AJ Griffin had a big first half at 12 points. It was definitely colder uh, with, uh, with regard to being kind of more anonymous after halftime. But still 12 points, three rebounds, two assists, plus nine. Five six from the floor. He just didn't take a ton. Of, didn't take a ton of shots. Wasn't quite as aggressive in the second half, but still looked really good in this game as he has for a while. AJ's uh, doing his job and doing it well. Uh, to the starters, Akangwu was relatively quiet in this one. Eight points, three rebounds. Did have a steal and a block. Two turnovers. Had five fouls. Uh, I thought he played okay. Just wasn't a huge impact game from Akangwu after he got a couple of pretty big ones in recent days. He had the one game where he had a career high in rebounds over the weekend, but I thought he played well in this one despite a pretty. Uh, Pretty low usage, let's just say. Uh, Collins played solidly, 14 points on nine shots, four rebounds, had an assist, uh, had, a, had only one turnover, plus nine, just kind of did his job. There was some ball handling issues for sure. I, I couldn't understand why the Hawks were trying to get him touches against Jimmy Butler. Like if it's Collins against against Gabe Vincent or Tyler Hero or Max Struess, sign me up. If it's Collins against Jimmy Butler one-on-one, you don't like that matchup at all. So as a big Collins guy, not even I want that to happen. So that was something I would try to excise in the future against Miami, but I thought Collins played well in the aggregate despite some of those uh, creation issues one-on-one. Um, Trey and DeJounte to uh, round it up. Oh, sorry, first, DeAndre Hunter, 15 points, four rebounds, four assists. I thought Hunter was fine. A couple, couple big moments in this one. Did a good job on Butler for the most part. That's kind of his one calling card in this matchup against Miami is to slow down Butler. Butler had 34 points, but a lot of that was just like Jimmy Butler doing Jimmy Butler stuff, getting in the line. I thought that uh, he did a good job on him overall. And then the guards were a mixed bag. You know, I thought Trey, for all the 10 turnovers, that's that's kind of the headliner, is that 10 turnovers in the game is tough to overcome. Uh, you, just, you just can't be like perfect when you do that. He did have four steals. I thought, to be positive, I thought Trey defensively was very engaged. He was getting over screens. He was being pesky and digging down and using his hands. And that was a, it was a really a strong defensive game for Trey, especially by his standards. Um, offensively, not as good. I thought he was great in the first quarter, maybe in the first quarter and a half. And then he really ran into the wall with the ball security issues. Miami has flummoxed him in the past. He got past that a lot of that in this game. He said he's 24 and eight, uh, sorry, eight assists. I thought he played okay. Just the ball security issues are hard to overcome with 10 turnovers. And the DeJounte played great again. I mean, the process issues, he's not always the best shot selection guy. Uh, that's been become clear over 44 games, but he hit, he hit five out of eight from three in this one. Uh, took eight threes. I actually like that versus the 18-footers that he usually takes. Um, was six of nine on twos, seven assists, two steals, and a block, two turnovers. I thought he played very well, 28 points to lead all scorers for the Hawks, and a good game from DeJounte overall in this one. So from here... I will again remind you that we have a part two on this podcast talking about all the stuff from Hawks Raptors on Saturday, as well as all the organizational tumult and uh, the transaction with Jarrett Culver leaving the organization over the weekend. But uh, again, in the aggregate here, a good win for the Hawks, a good weekend for the Hawks, 3-0 in the last four days and up to 500 for the season. That's a very good place to be. Does that solve every issue? No. Is there a tough game on Wednesday? Yes, they have to go to Dallas. That's a definitely a tough trip for any team at this point. But a winnable game there, national TV, and uh, really a, a nice a nice day at the office for Atlanta on this Monday, despite all the swirling wins off the court. The on-court product in, in the last week or so has been quite good, which is encouraging for the future. All right, that's it for today's podcast on this part one. Again, part two should be in your feeds right now with everything else on the podcast. Please subscribe to the show across platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play. And we're also on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Lawton Hawks. Follow me on Twitter at BT Roland. Also follow my written work at patreon.com slash BT Roland. We'll see you all next time.